For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Orman Lois, and this is Film Club. A podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. So these are spoiler-filled conversations, folks. If you haven't seen the movie they're talking about, be prepared to learn far more about them than the trailers will tell you. In 2013, animator and Studio Ghibli co-founder Hayao Miyazaki released the film The Wind Rises, then announced his retirement. This was not the first time he publicly retired, and it would not be his last. This winter, Miyazaki, who is now 82 years old, has released a new film called The Boy and the Heron, supposedly his final film. The Boy and the Heron follows Mahito, a young boy who moves to the countryside with his father and new stepmother after the death of his mom during World War II. When Mahito encounters a gray heron that taunts him with the suggestion his mother may still be alive, he embarks on a journey into a strange world that fans of Miyazaki's other works will find themselves familiar with. Atme producers Madison Knudsen and Jordan Kell sat down in the Atme studio to talk about The Boy and the Heron, how it fits in among the rest of the Studio Ghibli filmography, and its vast English dub voice cast that includes... Robert Pattinson? The guy from Twilight? Welcome to the Boy and the Heron Roundtable. I am Madison Knudsen. I will be your host today. Um, and uh, so first, could you just introduce yourself? My my one guest. Sure thing. I'm a uh, at me youth producer, Jordan Kell, and I will be here to make comments, smart talk, and uh, maybe some quips. Um, and could you introduce uh, your familiarity with the Studio Ghibli filmography? I'm somewhat familiar. I watched My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, Ponyo. I haven't watched like Howl's Baby Cac- Castle and Kiki's mm-hmm. Delivery Service, but I've watched uh, some of the more mellow ones. I mean, no. I've watched <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, we, yeah. That's kind of like a it's a rite of passage. Um, Sad days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, um, Boy in the Heron, because I'm here. There we go. Um, I'm. I think I'm more familiar with Ghibli. If we're defining familiar with watched all the movies, mm-hmm. um, well, I haven't watched all the movies. I think I'm missing four. I'm missing, uh, Tale of Tales from Earthsea, My Neighbor the Yamadas, Castle in the Sky, Ocean Waves. Actually, five. Ocean Waves is a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the Earwig and the which I believe is that's what it's called. Um, it's that CGI animated one that came in. It came out in 2020. Um, I heard it was really bad, so I've been avoiding it. I've only heard of one of those. There you <laughs> go. There's a lot of underrated ones, but I'm I'm pretty familiar. I don't know a lot about the forming of Studio Ghibli or the history of it, but I know a bit about the movies. So, so. Ghibli stan. Um, yeah, I'm a Ghibli stan. Like I'm there's fairly Swifties new one. and then there's Ghibli. Yeah, there we go. Are you a Ghibli? Yeah, I'm a Ghibli. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Swifties. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty new to the to the whole to Studio Ghibli in like years because mm. I've only really started watching in the past year. Um, oh. I, I forget what I started with. Um, but I think I, I think I started with Princess Mononoke. So good. That was my first ever when I was like six years old. So yeah. So I'm I'm like fairly new mm. to watching the movies, but I've watched a lot of them. Yeah, you definitely, and it's in more recent memory too. So they're fresh yeah. off your head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I watched Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. like a year ago. 
and then Ponyo like seven years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. I d- actually I I watched Ponyo a long time ago. I think that's like the one that in Secret Life of Arietti. Mm-hmm. Those were like the ones that were like huge with kids. So those are the ones I've like remember watching as a kid. But yeah, like Ponyo, you can never find out at a Lucic Library because I used to uh, check out DVDs from mm-hmm. there instead of like doing Redbox or whatever. And you can never find Ponyo. No. Like I tried for three years, and you can never. Find it at Lusak Library. Please buy more copies. Yeah. Every, all the kids love Ponyo. All the it's kids. a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get back to talking about more of the Ghibli movies later. But first, um, did you watch the dubbed or subtitled version of The Boy and the Heron? I watched the dubbed. You watched the dubbed? Okay. I would have liked to watch the sub, but um, I was watching with other people who have reading difficulties. Yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. got to go for dub. Okay, I watched the dub too. I just want to make sure we're on the same level. Yeah, cause, well, also uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, but just first, uh, what did you think about the film going in? Did you have any expectations? My friends described it to me kind of like an Alice in Wonderland vibe where it's everything's nonsensical. You're going to see a lot of things that are just out of your imagination, don't make sense, shouldn't be possible. But overall, it's very, it's a very fun movie. So I went in with the thought of like, okay, I'm going to see some wacky stuff, but it's, I, it can't be that crazy. Mm-hmm. It was that crazy. Yeah. So it sub- did the movie subvert your expectations a little bit? I thought it was going to be a lot more, I don't want to say harsher, but a bit darker. Darker? Yeah. I thought it was going to be a little bit darker, especially because, you know, Ghibli's like, I'm going to retire. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he always comes back. But Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so your did your friends see it before they told you about it? Or did yeah. it, were they? Okay. Okay. So they knew what happened. Okay. Yeah. I went into the movie just seeing the trailer, but I didn't see any other like, um, any other photos from the set, anything mm-hmm. like that. I read like a very basic plot description. So a lot of it was kind of like, didn't know what to expect. And when it opened with um, a scene very similar to Grave of the Fireflies, I got a little yeah. worried. Um, but like yeah. almost one for one. Yeah, it was very so. I was like, did I walk into the wrong movie? Did they just accidentally play Grave They're of the Fireflies? Like, oh, Ghibli movie, Grave of the Fireflies. Grave of the Fireflies. It's all the same. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of expected, it looked very similar to Princess Mononoke a little Mm -hmm. bit and Spirited Away. That's what the trailers reminded me of. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of expecting that, like, it's realistic until they go into a different world and you get that, like, Very um, whimsical Yeah, you, whimsical, you're going to learn lessons, uh, through the whimsical world. And that's, I guess that's kind of what we got, um, Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, but that's, yeah, that was my expectations. Very heavy topics to try and teach like a eight year old. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of kids in my screening, um, yeah. which I was, I was like, yeah, more kids for Ghibli, but I don't think that's, I don't think this is the good introduction movie. Yeah. Point I, them towards Ponyo. I think parents were expecting a Ponyo, but they got a Princess Mononoke, um, which you know what? Good. If we're exposing kids to that, that yeah. I think, I think it's fine. I think it, yeah, it wasn't. It was not inappropriate for kids. There's just stuff you might need to talk about later. Yeah, stuff that might go over your head yeah. unless you have a little life experience. And mm-hmm. 
you're like, oh, this is nuanced because when you're a kid, you take everything at face value. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that this was supposed to be Hayao Miyazaki's last film. So, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. This is sort of his last film. He and someone announced his retirement, or at least the media was reporting his retirement for this movie. But then he also reported his retirement in 1997 after Princess Mononoke, in 2001 after Spirited Away, and in 2013 after The Wind Rises. Yeah, he um, has a track record. Yeah, but I think, uh, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but uh, Junichi uh, Nishioka, uh, he he's um, a part of Ghibli, and he said that uh Miyazaki's retirement might actually not like come to fruition right now because mm-hmm. um, he's still he still might come up with ideas for the studio so we'll see people are speculating this will be his last the yeah theatrical release but not like last last but that's just been kind of a pattern with him and yeah I mean, he's personally like, oh. I think what it is is that you know making media is so stressful especially yeah the Ghibli studio because everything's hand animated so beautiful so yeah. nostalgic I have so much respect for them but I can imagine how chaotic it can be yeah. trying to especially with ideas as ma- imaginative as uh, Miyazaki's is just trying to get that onto paper mm-hmm. and translated for other people's eyes right like that's yeah. gonna be so stressful so I imagine each time he's like I'm done with this yeah I'm, I'm done. done and then he goes home for like a year or two and he's like I have another idea I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, considering this sort of maybe his last movie, what do you think about the boy and the heron as framed as sort of a swan song for Miyazaki? I think it makes a lot of sense looking at his past movies, especially within Boy and the Heron. You see a lot of characters that are just not even references to his other films, just straight ripped out of his other films. Mm-hmm. Have you? Did you notice that? A little bit, yeah. Like some of the yeah. old ladies are just straight from other yeah. films. There's some Princess Mononoke characters that show up. Like, you know, it's it's pretty heavily uh, nuanced and influenced. But also, I think it is kind of like, a, I don't want to say a love letter, but a letter to himself looking at yeah. his personal life, like what his father did for a living that is a reoccurring theme in a lot of his movies where the father is usually a manufacturer for mm-hmm. the military, right? And the main characters always have a dead mother, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's, it's pretty much a mirror of his own life. Yeah. And so, I mean, I could go on and on, but I definitely do think it's kind of a song to his creations throughout the decades as well as his own life, you know, kind of a final, like, Hurrah, this is, this is me. This is me. Demi yeah. Lovato moment. Yeah, no. Spotify wrapped. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, I think I'll, I'll probably touch on this later, but yeah, there's a lot of different movies that this felt like. Like I said, the trailer felt like a Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away, but then the story beats also felt like, um, this is one I don't, you have probably haven't seen, uh, When Marnie Was There. Um, it was, it's one of his 2010 movies. I believe Miyazaki worked on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but sort of like meeting familial, like, uh, your like family when they were younger, uh, through some magical thing and like learning lessons about yourself and your identity through that is sort of like 
what they did in the boy and the heron as well with the 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 um great uncle and then his mother uh grunkle Gr- yeah grunkle we can say grunkle yeah <laughs> there we go uh grunkle yeah grunkle um but yeah a lot of this is kind of like a summary of his career um and sort of like a send-off for himself because i think he's he's gotten to put a little bit of him in each movie Mm -hmm. um a little bit of his identity but um i think it's this is kind of like a fruition of all of it it's his it's his like whole identity maybe yeah and tying into that how much of it do you think like when looking at mahito the main character and then the grand uncle I kind of feel like there's like a subliminal subliminal message there where it's the grand uncle I feel is supposed to be Miyazaki imposed on him, right? Like he's built this world and every few days or years he has to do something, adjust it mm-hmm. to keep it alive, keep it going. But he's trying to get somebody else to take it on. Do you yeah. think like maybe behind the scenes there's another author or another director or story animator that he's trying to bring to the light and not necessarily push his will on but leave his legacy to that maybe is resisting a little bit do you think maybe it's a swan song to somebody else or do you think mahito also reflects him and maybe he's talking to his younger self possibly um i've i've heard a lot of people compare this to sort of like how studio ghibli works with the founders now um i definitely think that the the grunkle um definitely reflects Miyazaki I don't know if he's necessarily pushing the studio off on someone else um because I think he he does know the pain of like writing stories Mm -hmm. um he's very funny and now he's like very very like um like dark Mm -hmm. um but I I think in a way yeah he's trying to like have the studio still continue um but there's also kind of like, yeah, they're not going to take over the studio, but um, Mahito's kind of choosing to do his own thing. So I think in some ways, maybe the studio still will continue, but he's this is sort of like him letting people do what they want to do instead of continue his legacy. Head into a different direction. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's what I'm thinking for now. But it might change, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, we talked a little bit about the first scene, but um, the air raid in the beginning, um, it's very much like Grave of the Fireflies, a little bit like The Wind Rises, which another is another World War II one set mm-hmm. in Japan. Um, I read that the uh, Ghibli animators wanted to make this uh, scene more finished and refined. It wanted uh, They wanted it to have a sagua, sag, sakuga... Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm butchering I'm butchering this uh, Sakuga finish, which is like the anime term for finish scene. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think about the opening? Um, did it have an impact on the rest of the movie for you? I think it definitely set the tone, right? Because it's very dark, it's very media, it's very violent, right? And then I feel like without that beginning, watching the rest of the movie, you would just be like, okay, well, there's this. Yeah. This heron that's weird and mm-hmm. like not trusting a mahito and I guess they're just aloof and it's funny yeah. but it gives it a deeper context knowing that like it involves his mother. Um, animation wise, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Watching it, it was like watching water move. You know, it yeah. was so fluid. 
Um, I like how, especially when he's going into the fire, Mahito's running into the fire. The firemen, you see them bleed into the flames. Yeah. They're not distinct outside of the flames. It's very much realistic what you would see if you were in that situation, mm-hmm. uh, just engulfed. Yeah. Right? Um, very beautiful. And I'm not sure what more they could do with a finishing touch unless it was just like the aftermath. Yeah. Right? Like how engraved in the fireflies, it's the whole it's, town yeah. just charcoal. Mm-hmm. Right? If that's what they did there. But I'm not sure what it would necessarily serve to the story right mm-hmm. um but i could see why some people would want that but personally i think it was fine how it is it kind of led to the chaos and darkness of the moment instantly happening into he has to switch his life around immediately because mm-hmm. of how quickly that can happen yeah right? i think i think that scene is a good example of um show don't tell um because they could have just explained it in a voiceover mm-hmm. which they kind of do they're like, yeah, we're moving. We moved, like, at the end, they're like, we moved back to Japan and we moved to there. But they, this is crucial to, like, explain that, not to explain, but to show the trauma that's inflicted on Mahito rather than to just say, my mom died and I'm sad about that. And, yeah. that, and then, yeah, because this sets up his whole, like, arc and his whole just headspace for the entire movie Mm -hmm. because it keeps coming back he keeps reliving this trauma in his dreams very in a way his trauma made him shut off which Mm -hmm. causes him to appear as stoic yes right dealing with everything quietly and being very independent but i think it's less of a choice on his part to be like well i need to pull myself together and more of just an instinct because you know he relied on his mother and then his father was so quick willing to move on to the wife's sister yeah right? yeah yeah and that was they're interesting. just like oh well he looks just like her and i'm like well looking at it nowadays i'd definitely be like if somebody did that that's weird and gross but then i think like a hundred years ago right like population centers weren't that large yeah. right yeah. it was especially if you had a child it's like okay, well, um, there's always, like, drama. Uh, not drama. What's the proper term for it? Like, gossip, where it's like, oh, that's a mm-hmm. widow, or that's a widower. You yeah. don't want to be with them. Shame. Uh, a shame. lot of shame going A around. lot of superstition based around it. So a lot of the time it was just, okay, what's the quickest way we can remedy this? Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, it I definitely was in shock when it was just like, Oh, yeah, your mom died uh, yeah. three weeks later. By the way, or what was it even three weeks later? I think it was like, it was a few months later, right? Yeah, because I think so. Because the sister was pregnant. Yeah. So it yeah. was like nine months later or something, and it's just like, this Mahito has never met this, this yeah. has never met this woman except but for the when dad, he was a yeah. baby. But the dad has an entire relationship with yep. her. Yeah, they're having a child together. Mm-hmm. Mahito's just supposed to accept this. Yeah. Right? Like, this is his circumstance now. Somebody who is essentially taking the place of his mother and yeah. already his dad's having another kid. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. Mahito doesn't know how to process this. He's no. eight years old. Yeah. Right? Is he eight? We, I don't think is we it? ever get an official age. Mm-hmm. But he looks like to be in that that range, sort of I like I would say anywhere pre-teen. from like six to ten. He's like around uh, ten, eleven, okay. something like that. I think, yeah. 
Because um, he's very ingenuitive and crafty in that he film is, for yeah. his age. I'm like, this mm-hmm. man's just like, well, this bird's harassing me. I'm going to create a uh, yeah. bow and arrow. I'm going to do this, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's an interesting character. Um, but yeah, he definitely does. That scene, the air raid is so important to mm-hmm. explain why he kind of shuts down and why his character is like that. Because if you didn't have that scene and you just kind of said, oh, his mom died, it wouldn't necessarily explain his, um, just his personality. Cause like then people, his response to yeah, it, yeah. Because then people, I think, would just, would just critique that, like, he shuts down for no reason because it's like it would be like a one-off ex- explanation yeah it's like oh his mom died but there's different degrees it's yeah. like did the mom die of sickness was it a violent death mm-hmm. you know like an air raid is pretty violent yeah and especially when he like sees they it never found hand. his they never found no. her body yeah right and so it just kind of explains like he's he's learned to be self-reliant because his father's never home he yeah. doesn't have a mother figure anymore and now he's just kind of placed into the situation where it's like well now you have a mother figure again. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to circle back to, we said, we talked about Robert Pattinson, Pattinson a mm-hmm. little bit in the beginning. But um, for me, hearing him as the heron in the trailer was the one of the biggest surprise. I, I actually thought it was, I had heard Willem Dafoe was going to be in the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's who I thought was playing the heron. Yeah. So I'm like, that sounds like Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. But it, Especially like was, Green Goblin. Yeah, right? yeah, it's Green like, Goblin. Hello, Peter Parker. There it's we like, go. Hello, Mahito. You know, it yeah. sounds like the they same. They could, honestly, someone could edit <laughs> the Green They'd Goblin on top. exactly the same. There we go. Um, but, you know, he, Pattinson is the, the, um, the, the heron. Um, and interesting, interestingly enough, um, the, they like wanted to look for a younger guy to do the English voice dub for the heron because in Japan they had like a 30 year old singer mm-hmm. who was the the heron for that one so they're like no we don't want they want originally wanted Danny DeVito yeah yeah no that um, makes sense that it makes, makes sense, sense but I mean, look uh, at his character look exactly. at the heron exactly it looks exactly Danny like DeVito. Danny DeVito <laughs> that, that's right to um, Danny DeVito <laughs> but he's he's actually voicing another like aquatic character like bird He's voicing a duck in migration. Mm. So, interestingly enough. But um, they wanted a younger guy. So, what did you think about Pattinson's performance? Oh, my gosh. I loved it. I think it set a bar for Western just media in general. Because whenever they're like, hey, we're getting a big name on this project Mm -hmm. as a voice for this animated film. It's just, oh, this is them. It's just their voice. Right, like look at Bob's Burgers, Archer. Yeah, you know, it's just okay. They look for a person's voice, not for a character's voice. Right, that's the issue. And so with Robert Pattinson putting on this performance, it sets a standard. Like Chris Pratt has been in a lot of animated films recently. It's just, I'm Mario. I'm Garfield. I hate Mondays, Garfield. Yeah, right. Like it's just okay. You weren't looking for a voice actor. You were just looking for a voice yeah. that's recognizable that you could throw on. Mm-hmm. And like William Defoe, I thought he was going to have a bigger role. Yeah, you know? he's just Because he's, he's just a, a little pelican. side-off character. He's just yeah. a little pelican. So uh, an interesting 
uh, thing about the movie is that in kind of we were talking about how this is sort of like a amalgamation of all of the Ghibli movies. Uh, they actually brought back for the English dub a lot of uh, people who were already in the other dubs. So yeah. Willem Dafoe was in Tales from Earthsea. Uh, Mark Hamill, who voiced, uh, oh my gosh, who did he voice? Mark Hamill voices everybody. He's done like all the Jokers. He does all the animated Jokers. Uh, he voices the, uh, Grunkle. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so like, and Christian Bale, of course, who voices Howl in Howl's Moving Castle, which you haven't seen, right? Nope. Um, Unfortunate. So they all came back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. It's really interesting to see all the actors come back and for Christian Bale to have like a a better time voice acting because yeah. um, hot take he sounds very weird in Howl's Moving Castle and it makes me feel icky um, his <laughs> voice um, but he's much better in this one because he's like more natural I feel like he was able to. He Who felt... did he voice in House Moving Castle? Was it Hal? It was Hal. You know, that makes sense. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips, and it's a more, like, like a romance. It, yeah, he very much is trying to play that, like, like stereotype of, like, suave, romantic. He's like, hello, I'm Christian I'm, Bale. Yeah. I'm hot. Yeah. <laughs> Fall um, in love with me. Yeah, in this one, he's more not. I feel like he he sounds like he had a more natural time. Mm-hmm. playing this character um but of course everyone else they love Hal, and you can love Hal, but that's just my opinion yeah, i have a friend like i'm a princess mononoke guy and then my other friend is a Hal's moving castle guy and i don't get what he sees in that movie i don't no. see what he sees in Hal. i get the little flame sprite spirit but i mean like which is voiced by billy crystal in the english dub oh really it's a very interesting uh interesting role for him i like to watch a lot like more sub like my neighbor totoro i watch sub Mm -hmm. right because i like to when making a film like animation film you have specific half the time when you start you have specific voices in mind Mm -hmm. right and specific nuances in the language yeah that you want put across and when translated sometimes it can lose that yeah it loses or lose that feeling yeah right and so that's like dub is cool if i'm like having a casual watch but if i want to immerse myself mm-hmm. sub so, so gonna, i want to watch boy and Harry. you're gonna sub. okay you're gonna watch the the subbed one yeah i'll probably do that i don't watch sub subbed ones a lot because i i just get like fascinated by who they get for the english dubs because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the older ghibli movies they no one really knows who like is who voices the characters like if you've ever seen the cat returns uh, which is a spinoff of um, Whisper of the Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really interesting movie, but the main character is Anne Hathaway. It's voiced by oh. Anne Hathaway in the English dub. Really? Yeah. They, there's a lot of those okay. voices who show up in a lot of older Ghibli movies that they've dubbed um, throughout the years, but not really announced it. Yeah. It's just like, it's there. Um, so it's I, I kind of like the dubs for that reason, but mm. I the sub subs are like, what they intended originally also with subs it's like sometimes when it comes to like specifically anime and animation where there's usually sub and dub um when there's specific dialogue you can't understand the language yeah unless you're like bilingual trilingual etc um and so certain phrases don't sound as cringy to you they sound more empowering right because you can't 
understand it, but it's like, You're like okay. you have the English dub and it's like, I'm going to find my way. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, well, what's okay. this? And then you hear in Japanese, you're like, that dude just had an empowering yeah, moment. Yeah, he's crazy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Right? So that's that's also part of it is like sometimes the writing can be, be a bit yeah, like just a little cringy. A little, right? yeah, a little bit weird. Like, oh, lost in translation a little bit, but that's like actually what they intended. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like. Sometimes it's just better to not know exactly what they're saying. Just the vibe. Just just vibe. Just Just the feeling. Yeah. Honestly, you could probably watch a lot of Ghibli movies and just just turn off the subtitles and just vibe. Yeah. Just just watch it. Um, But speaking of other Ghibli movies, so where does The Boy and the Heron rank for you among all the Ghibli movies you've seen? I've only watched like five I mean, five is five is a lot. You know, I mean, that's enough to make a top five. It, yeah, there you go. So if I were to do top five, number one would be have to be Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally have it tattooed on me. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of have you to. Get, you gotta. It's my favorite. Um, Boy in the Heron, I think surprisingly takes number two. Oh, okay. I think okay. just because I feel like it's a bit more towards my age group, mm-hmm. right? I can definitely appreciate it. And value it more now mm-hmm. reading into certain nuanced situations yeah. and um, filling in the blanks here and there myself, right? Versus if I watched this when I was like 10 years old, I'd be like, there's a lot yeah. of birds in this movie. Yeah, there's a he lot of pelicans. Be, you yeah. know what? It must be about freedom because wings and birds, yeah. you know? And there's uh, poop. And there's funny. poop. Lots of poop. Yeah, funny, yeah, funny. Right? Um, the the par- the parakeets eat everything. That mm-hmm. hilarious, wow. right? Not babies though. Not babies. No, they don't eat babies. They no. don't eat babies. Um, Ponyo third. Love Ponyo. Actually, I'm gonna have to rewrite that. Grave of the Fireflies is number two. Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies is number two. Not a lot of media makes me cry. Oh my gosh. That. That's a whole other round table. That's yeah. A- we, if we did a grave in the fireflies round table, like, it'd have to be like rated R, not because yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. not because of like content, not because of language, but yeah. because of content. Yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. be so sad and depressing. But um, or like teen, right? Yeah. Um, then third would be Boy in the Heron. Fourth would be Ponyo, and five, My Neighbor Totoro. I know that's a bit <gasps> controversial, oh. but there's a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Everyone always talks about neighbor, my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. I always see the merchandise. And then he only shows up like three times in the film. I he mean, has a screen yeah. time of like seven minutes. Um, but it's a short movie. If you compare it it's to like, like a, the uh, runtime of the whole movie, it's like one of the shortest Ghibli movies. Well, I'm defending, I'm defending okay, well, my neighbor also, Totoro. No one told me what it's about. Oh, right? okay. And so so you went in a I imagined it was going to be like House Moving Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Princess Mononoke, Boy and the Heron. I thought it was going to be a big adventure type thing. No one told me it was like a slice of life countryside Motown. Yeah, deal, it's a little disappointing right? compared if they compare it to those other ones. Yeah. yeah. So like going into watch, I'm expecting an epic adventure where it's like Totoro takes them through this crazy land yeah. and, you know, they experience a life journey and then they come back and their parents are like, where were you? We looked for you for three days. And they're like... We were just with Totoro. Tee hee hee. But no, it was just like my mom's sick and dying. <laughs> um, there's this tree guy. And then there's these these, these little like little, dust ball yeah. spirits, these sprites. 
Um, I have my younger sister who annoys me. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. My mom's not dying so much anymore, but still dying. Yeah. Here's Totoro again. Cat bus. Cat bus. Yeah. Totoro. My mom's not dying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, yeah. nobody told me it was just like a, like if it's someone fun. told me it was just a calm, like slice of life yeah. experience, like I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, it's, it's just like an extended adventure time episode versus... I'm expecting something very deep and Grand. introspective and like an Alice in Wonderland story, you mm-hmm. know, almost like a hero's journey. Yeah. But there's not really a journey. Yeah. So if I knew what it was going into it, I think it would have maybe gotten fourth place. Yeah. But still has to stay in the bottom of the five. Yeah. Um. Okay. I can share what mine. About you? I, yeah. I made a tier list, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Quickly before this this one, I made a tier list. And like, then I kind of ranked it. Yeah. Do you have a picture? I have, I have my tier oh, list. Oh, my gosh. Um, there, the, Wait, I want to see your top, your S tier. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'll, I'll read them off. So, so number one for me on the S tier is my first one is kind of weird. It's um only yesterday. It's one of their underrated ones, but... Um, I really, really appreciate Ghibli's slice of life, very realistic movies. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're they're better to me than yeah. the fantasy ones. Um, but that one's just, I just like kind of relate to it, and it's really nice. Next is the Tale of Princess Kaguya. Um, it is one of the most beautiful, like it's the best animated I think out of Ghibli. It's different from any Ghibli movies animation. Um, but it's a beautiful story and it made me cry. Not as much as Grave of the Fireflies, but it's still good. Whisper of the Heart is next because it's awesome. It's got a great story. Um, great characters. Yes, S tier. And then My Neighbor Totoro is in the S tier. I put this one up here because it's one of the fun ones of Ghibli that I can rewatch. I want Mm -hmm. to rewatch this more. Doesn't make Um, you cry after every watch. No. Speaking of crying, in A tier, Grave of the Fireflies is number one in A tier because you have to rank it there. I never want to watch it again, but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Spirited Away because it's solid. it's beautifully animated. It's solid. No face. No face. Great. And then we have Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, it's just a fun movie. and It's like on the level of Totoro. It's just fun. Um then kind of underrated the cat returns mm-hmm. again another fun one that i'd want to rewatch a little bit underrated and then we have princess mononoke um i mostly put tier. it here because i kind of got it ruined by one of my my professors really? hopefully he does not find this um he didn't ruin it but i had to watch it for class and so oh. you just have all these like freshmen in college dissecting it um and like trying to be introspective which they were but you it's know, like i eh. let's dip around back to that towards the end because i okay. have a conversation you have a, on, okay on um okay. but quickly b when marnie was there i think it's a good solid movie um ponyo all right all i don't right. get into it as much as everyone else but it's oh, still fine. really good howl's moving castle bit of a unpopular opinion i didn't get into it i wouldn't want to rewatch it um, it's it's pretty good, but uh, not my favorite. That's a good take. That's a good take. I think it's um, overhyped. Yeah. Um, and then The Wind Rises, which is actually, it's a pretty good one, but it's kind of boring. Um, but uh, a pretty good watch if you want to maybe understand Miyazaki or anything. Um, C tier is like ones that are okay. Uh, Porco Rosso 
Ros- yeah, Rosso. Um, interesting one. Michael Keaton in the English dub voices a pig who's a man. Uh, it's a All bit right. zany, but it's like you can you can get into it. And um, the I believe the person who voices Megara in uh, Hercules voices one of the female love interests in that. So I mean, it's great for that reason. Um, Stacked voice cast. Yeah. Next one is Pompoko. Weird movie. Weird, sort of like over the hedge, but like <laughs> with like raccoons and they Ghibli transform. The it's weird. It's really weird. Um, okay. Next one is from Up on Poppy Hill. Pretty boring, weird relationship because these two people find out they're related and then they're still like love interests. Um, so, what yeah. What year does that film take place? Uh, that's also in like the forties or something, but it's like, Checks it's out. like cool. It's not a war movie. Um, it's cool. Just two people casually committing yeah. dating. It's a little weird, but you can get past it. Uh, then we have secret world of Arietti. I don't remember it that much. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, it's good. D tier is mostly movies I haven't seen. Uh, my neighbor, the Yamadas I haven't seen castle in the sky. I've tried two times to watch it and i haven't gotten through all of it do you just like um, fall asleep or get distracted i just Is get distracted i get bored it's just like a little boring to me after yeah after <laughs> um then we have nausicaa valley of the wind okay i that was the, actually that was the first one i watched because i wanted to go in order of really? when they were released um but it wasn't interesting i don't remember anything of what happened not even yeah. the characters no um, then we have Tale from Earthsea, um, and then I haven't seen it. Ocean Waves, TV movie, haven't seen it. And then the last place is Earwig and the Witch, which was the one that came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it, but I've heard it's awful. Um, but Boy and the Heron goes in A tier, and it's after Princess Mononoke. So it's something I'd rewatch, but it's like, it's good. But there's so many other movies that I I connect with so much more, um, and that means so much more to me. But it's a great movie. So I I'm hearing you're not a uh, you're not for the trees. You're not for team trees. Uh, you don't stand with the nature spirit, the forest spirit. I I guess I I, I do, not but a I'm big like fan of the I, Lorax, are we? I'm, yeah, I, I hate the Lorax. <laughs> this is this is me coming out and saying I hate the Lorax. I hate trees. Yeah. I need everything on paper, digital. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. No, I just I like realistic Ghibli more. No, that's, uh, that's yeah. understandable. It has lessons it. that I that mean more to me. Um. And that I think I think Whisper of the Heart and Only Yesterday they had a filmmaker um that I can look up, but he he died very early in his career at Ghibli um and he had such a good style of filmmaking that I wish could have continued but it didn't so but it, yeah they just mean more to me mm-hmm. so what was your Princess Mononoke thing circling back last thing to wrap up the discussion what was the so point you said you, wanted to make? you dissected Princess Mononoke yeah it was class, like we had to like do analysis yeah do you think that, like, if you could remove yourself cognitively from the experience of having to watch it, like, a thousand times and dissect every, like, frame, do you think it might score higher on your list? Maybe. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, 
I think I'm just a big fan because the animation style, especially it's, for the time yeah, the period, animation is, so is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing, and it's it was the first ever non-American animated film I watched. Yeah. That's what got me into like anime, mm. Ghibli, uh, foreign films, and just foreign media in general. Um, it's so good. I love it to death, and. Nothing goes better with that movie than a pint of Cherry Garcia Ben & Jerry's. Oh, great. there you go. There. Mostly, I'm just a big fan. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, I think another thing is I, I my ranking is sort of based on would I rewatch this and what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I have Hell's Moving Castle so low and Ponyo so low is because, like, even if I enjoyed them, would I want There's to rewatch them? Is there to... an urge? Yeah. yeah. Um, the exception is Grave of the Fireflies, mostly because of its subject matter and just like how and much it made me cry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but Princess Mononoke, it's beautiful. The story's great. It's no, you're just, just trying to make it up to me. Yeah, I'm just trying to. But it's an A tier. A tier are the ones A-tier that I good, I do want to rewatch. But it's I. They're not as much like i don't have an urge to rewatch yeah. them as much as s tier yeah because i was like okay s tier these are all films i've never heard before oh my neighbor totoro fan favorite it's just like oh i've heard of all these ones yeah. so this is i'm just trying to be edgy and different. just trying to be different. i'm just trying to be different. everybody know no actually, one knows about only yesterday and they need to watch it you know we should do a princess mononoke roundtable from there like we go. the average joyer perspective and then college study perspective there you go i i kind of want to get into that but yeah this is not i could time. bring out my notes from really? my discussion and we could talk about yeah Please. a lot of, a lot of capitalism discussion a lot of that kind of stuff and it's come into the studio yeah. like two hours early watch it fresh watch okay. it fresh and you have to cite scenes and you have to be specific <laughs> you in have to your analysis your yes you have to have a bibliography to get points yes every bibliography it just ends with yeah. source princess mononoke yes. film <laughs> film you have to tell me the scene you have to tell me what the colors mean you have to tell me all this yeah, yeah. why is princess mononoke why does she have white fur and then yeah. red what's the red what is symbolize? the symbolism of the town what do they mean what is is uh is the what's the, the entire ruler? point of this small militia yes. creating firearms to kill the forest spirit for its exactly. head for money mean yeah why are they killing natural resources for money what could that exactly. possibly mean yeah any final thoughts um on the tier list uh i think yours is a pretty stacked tier list i agree hell's moving castle over overhyped yeah needs we're, to be we're, lower we're hell haters i think everybody who like overhypes and loves hell's moving castle just the vibes i i, I think it's like it's more catered towards like you know those those tumblr people just like reading yeah. like you know those what what would you be tumblers 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 like, like Gym, gymnasts gymnasts <laughs> gymnasts you know that's what we'll call them no it's i think it's it's definitely has a specific audience yeah right like it's kind of like beauty and the beast right? yeah it's very yeah. beauty and the beast vibe it's, where it's, like, it's distinguished and it's sort of like a, a grand love story and medieval um, yeah medieval yeah Big i get castle, that feeling i get that feeling trapped oh i'm a bird man but sometimes yeah. i'm a cool yeah. sexy blonde boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um like, yeah i think i that sums it up but i think i wanted to leave it with just saying that 
The Boy and the Heron was number one at the U.S. box office in its first week, which is I am so a first. Happy for it. It's a first for Studio Ghibli movie in the U.S. and it's awesome. Um, and I guess this is just my PSA: go watch The Boy and the Heron. I think you won't regret it. Um, my dad went, went with me, and he had never seen a Ghibli movie before, mm-hmm. and he sat through it, um, and he said it was okay. So, honestly, just go. Maybe this will get you into it. And as well, it's the first time Ghibli has released in the U.S. without the support of Disney. Because mm-hmm. Disney has usually been the distributor exactly. here in the U.S. But Disney was like, we we don't want to play with you anymore. You guys okay. aren't being nice. And Ghibli's like, number right. one box office, your wish movie, thumbs yeah. down. Right. The Marvels didn't perform. Marvel. Uh, but I that's don't... a whole other that's a whole other other uh, conversation. Th- but... Yeah, we need a Disney hate cast. There we go. But um yeah, well thank you for joining me is in this that round table. All? Is it I, that's all over? Yeah. I think that the also the studio is gonna close pretty soon, so oh, we should probably okay, get out that's of here. Whatever. But thank you for joining me. Um of and thank you for uh, having me, Madison. Yeah. That's the end of the round table. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We'd like to acknowledge the Denina people, whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you are a youth ages 13 to 24 who loves movies and is interested in being part of our film club, go to alaskateenmedia.org, or you can email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter, at Alaska Teen Media. Follow us for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Orlando Lois. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>